0: And I really started to think about it. And the question that I had is, uh, you know, what really constitutes religion? I mean, what you did was you actually talked about secular religion. Interesting. What is secular religion?
1: What is secular religion? Well, you know, really, you know, when people say I'm not religious, I say that's not true. You are religious because everyone's religious. And so secular, secular religion would be basically trying to, uh, worship, worship whatever your understanding of God is, um, according to worldly, uh, worldly ways. And so, so, I mean, so it's kind of a cop-out for someone to say, well, I'm just secular or I'm just neutral. And really, the, the, the fact of the matter is that you, you do have an opinion about God. And you have an and if you say God doesn't exist, well, okay, that's an opinion about god um so so that so secular religion would be trying to live life without God, and yet, in order to live life, you need to have some sort of understanding and value system of uh you know of what is right and wrong, of where you're going to be in the future. and uh,
0: and all that kind of stuff. Well, this is part of what I was thinking. Um, You you know, I I know a lot of people who are atheists. I've got some relatives who are atheists. But you know, it seems to me that they have to believe in something beyond themselves. Even if they claim they don't believe in God, there is something that they substitute, something higher than themselves. Is this perhaps maybe a a trait of humanity that we, we somehow know there's something beyond us?
1: Yeah, and Paul says this in Romans chapter one, where he says uh, he says he's talking about the Gentiles. says those who don't know God. He says though they know God by nature, and I'm kind of paraphrasing him here. They uh, though they know God by nature, they don't glorify Him as God. And so, so I mean, you know, I always tell this story about when I when I met this atheist girl. and This has happened a couple times. Where she said, I don't believe in God and I say, Well, of course you believe in God. What do you mean you don't believe in God? And and, and uh and then I and then I just say, uh, well, do you believe you're gonna die? And she says, Well, yeah, sure, I believe I'm gonna die you know, and, 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 and then I say, Okay, well, do you believe there's anything you can do about that? She says, Well, no. I said, Well, there you go, you believe in God. Now your conception of God is that He's just kind of fate or you know, kind of bad luck, or chance, or whatever you want to call them, the issue isn't whether you believe in God, the issue is whether you actually know Him. And you just don't like God. You think He's a jerk. And so that's why you say you're an atheist. So, I mean, I and I firmly believe that that is the case with everyone who claims to be an atheist.
0: Well, not just with atheism; they they have substitutions. Your specific example on uh, on your Facebook po- post was environmentalism, where people just jump into this cause as if it were indeed a religion, and uh, it's handled a lot like religion. They they look at heretics, and then go after people who say, "Oh no, 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 we don't believe in climate change. we don't believe in, in warming, or yes, we do believe in it, but you know things like that," and they go into issues. And try to shut off uh, any kind of debate because it is in the faith. And boy, that strikes me a lot like what we call religion.
1: Yeah, that that is a good point. Uh, you know, they they have you know, science has become the new religion. And you know, if you don't believe this, if you don't believe that uh, that uh, you know, in climate change, or if you don't believe in evolution. If you don't believe that we have evolved from lower life forms into the you know, what we know as Christians as the image you know, being in the image of God, well then you're just a fanatic and you and and you need to be silenced. And I've even I remember when uh when who was it? I think it was it was uh Walker, uh the the, the former governor of Wisconsin was running for president and there was some left wing uh you know a news outlet which might be a redundancy uh but but uh they they were saying well he doesn't believe in evolution and so how can he have any uh credible opinion about science or about policy relating to climate change and stuff if he doesn't believe in evolution and so they will discredit you for for any opinion that you have based on any kind of empirical research because you don't believe in evolution. Well, that's just nonsense. I mean, my wife, uh, is, uh, has, has worked over the years for a cancer research hospital. And she is a Christian who believes that God created the world in six days and, uh, and she rejects Darwinian evolution. Well, she has a master's degree in biostatistics and she has worked for, for this this hospital, um, doing statistical research and biological research for for years, and she's done a fine job. Now she's had to cut cut down her her hours over the years because we God has given us more children, so we have to you know you know our priorities have 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 caused us to uh, to 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 make those decisions to you know to to not to not do as much there. But but when my wife has. When my wife was working with them more often, her bosses loved her. She's a smart woman she does a good she does a good job. She doesn't need to believe in their dogma of evolution and and, and all sorts of other kind of secularism in order to do her job and and This is what's kind of interesting this is This is where like the secularists what they do is they try to sustain this kind of neutrality of everything like well, you know religion doesn't matter. And whether you believe in God or not doesn't matter how you do religion, uh, or sorry, how you do science. Okay, well then, then they turn around and say, but if you don't accept our dogmas of evolution, well then there must be something wrong with you, and you therefore can't be a medical doctor or a statistician in a in a hospital or what have you. And so they're they're really just kind of digging their own graves there.
0: Well, as I said, it's a matter of Really, of heresy as far as they're concerned, and and yet I look at, uh, for example, let's let's take the issue of abortion, where science is on the pro-life side, and yet yeah. so, then they reject the science. They say, "Oh no, that's that's not proven."
1: Yeah, no, exactly. They're, they're <laughs> it's amazing how inconsistent they can be. Um, I mean, you, you you can when when I was uh, when when my wife was pregnant with our first child. We thought she was having a miscarriage um so we we ran to the uh the the emergency room and she she went into this room and they had they had an ultrasound and I saw my son who I didn't know was my son at the time we didn't know if it was a boy boy or girl, obviously at the time, but I saw my son and he was just the size of a pea so a little 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 bitty heartbeat there and you know, this is just empirical evidence right here that this is a living thing. I didn't see just a tissue. I didn't see just a little speck floating around. I saw a, 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 a little organism, a little being with a heartbeat. And, and, and you don't need to be a Christian. You don't need to believe that God is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who has redeemed you from sin and death to understand that that right there is a human being with a heartbeat, and yet they're going to they're going to push their agenda with 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 uh, with abortion and homosexuality for that matter, you know, and and and, and pushing for the most unnatural union that is the, the, the anti union, uh, if if we might call it anything, um, and and in the meantime tell us that we are anti scientific, so so I mean. You know, and and yet as Christians, this this should this should teach us that the reason why people oppose our confession is not because we're not reasonable enough. And so to think that the the goal is to try to try to reason them into, uh, you know, to, to believe in what we believe, that that we're gonna we're we're gonna be kind of naive if we think that way. Instead, we gotta we gotta realize that they're not going to believe, even if someone rises from the dead and says, hey, look, this is true. And in fact, someone did rise from the dead, that was Jesus, and there is plenty of historical evidence to point to that fact. So it's a humbling lesson for us to learn that the secular-minded people are not merely neutral bystanders kind of waiting for some reasonable evidence. No, they've already made up their minds, because by nature, at our very conception, we are born in sin and in enmity with God, and that is simply what they're expressing they are they they are very religious um in their religion they just they just happen to call it secularism so 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 no matter how much we try to reason with them, they're going to end up saying they're going to end up opposing us because they are essentially opposed to the gospel uh and 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 that's what we need to cope with and realize that yeah okay well you know we can make all of the arguments that we can make about science and evidence and all this kind of stuff but at the end of the day it comes down to the foolishness of the cross as paul says the the, the word of the cross is foolishness goes so for a perishing.
0: yeah i see that i see that a lot and uh yeah, and it's interesting the defense that they take to reject when science is not on their side. For example, uh, look the media now uh, the uh, the New York Times and a couple of other very large news outlets. I think Associated Press has now rejected using the term fetal heartbeat. They're calling it something else. It's not really a heartbeat. It's 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 something else. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, you know, that's what when when I was in seminary, I took a class on ethics, and one of the one of the things that we learned in ethics was a thing called meta ethics. And uh, what what meta ethics is, it's sort of two words together. Meta, which means next to or with, as in ethics, which we all know what that means you know what's right, wrong. And so, meta ethics is value language. It's 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 the language that you Go in uh, you, that you choose to use, which assumes a certain value and a certain ethical kind of uh, uh, value system that you already have. So, for example, they'll say pro-choice, right, rather than rather than pro-abortion, and then they'll call us instead of us pro-life, they'll call us uh, uh, anti-abortion rights, right? So. So they're using this value language, and and, and the very language that they're using, the, the terms that they use are loaded terms, and we we just need to be careful with that because you know they you know just like just like you pointed out you know they're they're using terms that are that 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 are designed to kind of uh, bolster their argument, and so we 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 shouldn't slip into their. Their way of talking, instead, call it state of state, and say, "Hold on, you guys claim to be all neutral and scientific, but in fact, you're not. You guys are religious as 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 the sky is blue. Uh, You 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 guys are the ones who are pushing your religion on us. And so, the so the fault is that once you once you accept the premise that there is such a thing as neutrality, as a neutral kind of irreligious sort of standpoints in life, then you've already given in to their deceit. Instead, we need to understand that they are profoundly religious. It's just that their religion is false. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I hear that. And, and you know, the idea of language control, I, I'm sure you've read 1984. Yeah, sure, and, yeah. Uh, it was supposed to be a cautionary tale, but I'm afraid some people now are using it as a how-to manual. But, uh, but it, Orwell made it very, very clear in, in the book that language was a weapon. And I remember, uh, you know, part of the, uh, part of the purpose of, they, they called it, um, Newspeak or Ingsock. And, uh, part of the purpose of that was to make such a phrase as, I am a free man. Meaningless, yeah. Because free would only mean in the sense that my dog is free of of uh, fleas.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, what's ironic about that is that Orwell was a leftist, and Orwell was was writing against what he saw was kind of a uh, a control of the institutions of like religion and the kind of uh, you know the 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 conservatives who would try to control the language, and so he understood that there is this battle of words. And what's ironic is that now the leftists have, by and large, taken over the media and the, uh, and the education system. And they're the ones now who control the word. Um, you know, sex education, for example. Well, okay. Well, I mean, I was, I was, I was, when I was in fifth and sixth grade, uh, I was taught sex education in the, uh, in the public schools. And we were taught that, that while abstinence is something that you could do if you if you if you want if you want it. Uh they give us a bunch of other options which sound just fine, you know, like like uh, uh birth control. You know, that sounds great. That sounds like, you know, you're just you're you're just controlling your own destiny. But really what it is for especially for for teenagers is you're You know? And and so so, so we hear the the, the, this language that is used that is shoved down our throat at a young age that is that is is not designed to sound harsh it's designed to sound reasonable and and doable and something that if you deny it then you must just be one of those weird I don't know weird homeschool kids who wears long jean jean skirts and tennis shoes and a bonnet you know <laughs> <laughs> and 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 so so it, it, that's the, that I find to be very ironic. You know, whenever I, I I hear someone refer to something being Orwellian, well, Orwell was a leftist. Orwell was rejecting the the institutions laid out by God, of you know the the traditional understanding of the family and the church and uh, and and the civil estate, and he was trying to peg those things as being the source of tyranny but now today we see that the tearing down of these things has produced a chaotic tyranny that has uh, given us a very uh, a very interesting um, kind of encounter of persecution in, in in the church just like our last conversation that we had a few weeks back you know about the, the equality act and all this stuff their assumption is that the home the church the, uh, and, and, and the society is not something that is given by God, and it's rather something that is, uh, that is to serve the desires of the popular culture. Well, we as Christians need to identify that as a religion, and as a false religion. Just like the early Church identified Gnosticism as a religion and as a false religion, and they identified, you know, all these other heresies, we, we should we should we should speak with the same kind of conviction that we're not we're not going to buy into this 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 you know boulder dash of of, of neutrality like oh well we all have a queen's slate no we don't you and i both know as good lutherans who read you know psalm 51 that we are born and conceived in sin every single one of us which means that we all are born and conceived with a religious opinion about god and that is a and that is that we are against him, and and we need to be born again and so we we should we should not forget that when we talk to people, we try to say, oh, well, i'm not religious uh I 'm just dealing with things in a neutral way no that's that's simply not the case. It never has been the case we've always had to deal with contrary religion,
0: well we also see um uh, as you were pointing out, Orwell was a, was a leftist, but interestingly, 1984, uh, which was a horrible vision of the future, uh, there was no church except for the church of Big Brother, the worship of the state. Yeah. And, and, in, in Orwell's defense as a human, as a person, you know, he went to Spain during the Spanish Civil War and, uh, he, he saw on the Republican side, rather misknown, uh, up close and personal, what the communists were doing within the republic, and he really became soured on on that movement. And I think it was part of the reason. For example, he wrote uh, Animal Farm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, which was a, a condemnation of the of the worst kind against uh, against communism. I mean, you could read Animal Farm and, and recognize historic figures in it.
1: Yeah, sure. So you're saying that that he kind of wised up later on in life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, okay. that's what I'm saying. Uh, okay. And I think his writing reflects that. And uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes you have to get involved with the other side before you realize just how bad they are.
1: Yeah, that is very interesting. And, and, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, experience helps you really understand, you know, the, the true wisdom of it all. Um, you know, you, you gotta, you can't just sit in your own bubble and that's and that's not i mean and and that and god's intention is for us to face the world but keep our confession to be in the world but not of the world and you know to try to kind of divorce yourself from 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 the rest of reality in some kind of commune that's not going to save you from the sinful flesh it's not going to save you from the devil it's not going to save you from the world and so you you should face the world and learn how Learn, learn what their presuppositions are and then nail them in that and use the Word of God as a sword against their presuppositions instead of fleeing away from them and saying, well, I'm just going to have my own little community over here and I'm not going to actually, you know, face my neighbor and talk with him about God's Word.
0: Now, how can they claim to be rational when they're not willing to listen to argument? And they will actually say, well, this, it is settled now. We don't need to talk about it any further. What do you mean it's settled? That's just your opinion.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really interesting, isn't it? That there's I see I really see the judgment of God in all of it. Oh, I
0: that, want to hear about that, that.
1: Yeah, that God that that the that, that people reject God's word and he gives them up to their debased desires and opinions. So to the point where they are irrational dogmatists in their own kind of Religious fanatical opinions, and it, it's just—it really is—and it's something that it's not just in the the cult. Like you know, I just I was just visiting with some some neighbors and talking about the Jehovah Witnesses and how they kind of have like a script on everything, and they're just you know they don't really know Greek, but they also or Hebrew, but they know kind of how to respond to the different proof texts from Scripture of Jesus being true God and so so they're just they're 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 controlled and manipulated into into this 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 false belief. And yet, I mean it's this is more mainstream than we might realize. I think this is people are are very easily manipulated. And you want to call it you know, you can talk about a, a a religious cult like Jehovah Witnesses or some other kind of cult like that. Well, I mean we got a secular cult on our hands. And it's it's just as religious and just
0: as fanatical. I agree with you on that. Fascinating conversation, Pastor. We've got to take a little break now, but boy, we've got a lot more to talk about, so listeners stick around. Mm-hmm. Mr. Ken Bomberger, join me weekday mornings at 7.15 for Oratio, your time of scripture, meditation, and music on KFUO, Christ for You, anytime, anywhere. Hi, this is Bart Day, President and CEO of Lutheran Church Extension Fund. Reaching out in mercy and responding to human needs has been a key component of our life together in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And it's recognized service organizations like yours who work tirelessly to share the compassion of Christ to those who are suffering. LCEF appreciates your mission and understands the unique challenges ministries like yours face. We want to be a part of your great work of mercy and help you extend your reach. Visit us at LCEF.org. Relationships make the difference between knowing someone or just knowing about someone. This week on the Lutheran Hour, our guest speaker, pastor, and author Paul Schultz introduces us to a unique and unifying way to understand the Christian faith and message, getting to know Jesus through the language of relationships. This week on the Lutheran Hour. Sundays at 1230 and 5 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO. Listening to KFUO on your smartphone is so easy to do. Smartphone assistant, play
1: KFUO. Playing KFUO radio. You can also visit the place where you get your apps and download the KFUO app. You can also go to the KFUO homepage. Wow, the KFUO homepage is customized to fit your phone with an easy-to-find listening button. When you're on the webpage, you can browse for more information. You can listen to KFUO 24 hours a day at KFUO.org. don't forget about Facebook, Facebook.com/slash KFUO radio. Now you're just acting like a On June 15, 1215, King John signed the Magna Carta, in effect a royal
0: guarantee of the rights of the church. We have granted to God, and by this our present charter have confirmed for us and our heirs forever that the English church shall be free. But did you know Stephen Langton, a scholar at the University of Paris, who became the Archbishop of Canterbury and helped author the Magna Carta, also played a significant part in the history of the Bible?
1: Today we easily quote from chapters in the Bible. But it wasn't until the early 13th century when Stephen Langton helped separate the Bible into chapters that the system substantially in use today
0: made quoting chapter and verse possible. Engage with the Bible throughout history, the book of all books.
1: Brought to you by Museum of the Bible.
0: Well, welcome back. Let's talk. The pastor is in. My guest pastor today is Pastor... Mark Preuss from St. Andrew's Lutheran Church in Laramie, Wyoming, and we are discussing the issue of, would you believe, secular religion. Boy, we sure have a lot to go on that one. Yeah, actually,
1: you, you, you i got to correct you. Yes. I'm, I'm Mark's brother. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, my name is Andrew, though, so that's our connection.
0: Thanks. <laughs> He, he okay, I'll just it. refer to you as pastor Price. That'll
1: that'll clear yeah, yeah, it up. Yeah, just just stick with that, and you'll be fine.
0: <laughs> there are so many prices in this church. You know?
1: Yeah, I know. There's, there's a lot of us. Oh, I, my I, goodness. I, we were at we were at a symposium at Fort Wayne a few years back and Dr. Scare uh said these these prices are swarming around. You need <laughs> to call the call the exterminator. <laughs>
0: I remember, um, oh, a number of years ago, uh, I got a call when I was living out in California uh, asking if I was somehow related to a Spencer Allen, and I said, yeah, I sure am. I said, well, how can I get in touch with him? I said, well, there are three of them. (laughs) So so we had the same thing, three Spencer Allens in my family. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So... So yeah, no, I know I hear it. I understand what you're talking about. Uh, I never
1: think it my parents. My parents eventually just called me George because they, <laughs> they would they would confuse me for all my brothers. They'd be like they'd be like Daniel, John, David, Paul, Mark, and I'd just say just call me George. I'm like all right, George.
0: <laughs> my mother used to do the same thing. She would go Spence, Mike, Ring, the to- Kip. You know, I I could understand that, but Ring and Ding are our dogs. <laughs> yeah, Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Which probably says something about my my role in, my, in the scope of things. Well, that... you
1: do really like dogs. That's what, I've gotten to know you over the years, and I know that you really like dogs. So oh. that might that might have something to do with it. So. Uh, that that's
0: true. That's true. And I'm i i <laughs> You want the truth? I like dogs better than I like most people.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I can understand that sometimes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So, okay, getting back to where we were. Sometimes we have way too much fun in this program. Uh, Getting back to where we were on secular religion and... um, one of the things we talked uh, you you mentioned earlier about um, a uh, a secularist who had come to believe and that was the case i believe of lee strobel who was an investigative reporter and yeah, yeah. and he decided he was his wife had, had become religious and he decided he was going to prove to her that she was wrong and so yeah. he approached from a reporter's point of view trying to gather evidence for the existence of Christ, for His ministry, for His crucifixion and His resurrection, and he came to the conclusion, it was true.
1: Yeah. Uh, is yeah. That, so that was—is that, was, uh, is that the, the case for Christ? Is that what you wrote? Yeah,
0: that's it. He has uh, both a book and a movie on it. I've, I've, I've,
1: yeah, that's right. And the movie—and the movie kind of takes some liberty, but it's you know bi- basically getting through kind of the studies. The studies that he did, like the movie has him meeting with these guys, but he didn't necessarily meet with all of them. He just kind of read a lot of them. Um But uh, but yeah, no, that's 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 really, and I think that really relates to what we've been talking about. Is that really what this guy realized was that you know just as Jesus says, if you're not with me, you're against me. If you know, if you do not gather with me, you scatter, and and so if you know, you're going to go at it from a reporter's point of view, and then you realize that, like, wow, there's, you know, the, here's a line that's drawn. And I think that that's the thing that, like, skeptics don't want to do. Skeptics don't want to have to draw a line. They don't want to have to say that there is an objective truth um, against... Well, no, they're they're fine with objective truth often, um, but they don't want to say... That there is like this truth that they must, you know, like they want to look at the Bible, let me re- that. They want to look at the Bible as like this sort of, you know, uh, study document that they can just kind of, they can study as if they're in control. But what this guy experienced, just like any Christian who really goes, approaches the Bible with honesty, is going to experience is that God is really the one working on you and, and 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 with that said if you are if you're thinking that oh well, I'm just neutral and I have my empirical evidence and all this stuff um and i I don't believe that that Jesus rose from the dead and stuff like that well you're what you're doing is you are actually under the control of the devil, and that, yeah, that sounds really fanatical to say but it really is true that, that that there is that there can't really be a neutral ground, and so if you actually go to the Bible with honesty, then God is going to say to you, He's going to show you the evidence, and He's going to He's going to call you to repentance, and He's going to say, Hey, it's either this or 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 nothing. It's either this or condemnation, and I and that's really what that guy was led to is that. He realized that wow, either Jesus is my savior or I'm lost, and 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 that's so. You know, I was just talking to to a friend who I just met who says he was he was angry with God, and I said, well, I'm glad that you're honest, you know, because most people aren't honest about that, and uh, and 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 you can start at least with that honesty of saying that you're angry with God. Now let's actually look at what God did.
0: Well, interestingly, you know, Luther himself, at one point, said he hated God,
1: yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, he said he hated the righteousness of God until he he finally realized in Romans one seventeen that the righteousness of God is not the righteousness that god by which God condemns us, but is the righteousness by which God forgives us our sins and saves us. From, from all unrighteousness and hell and condemnation, and that is really the linchpin of it all that you know you want to be neutral well, good for you well you really can't be neutral though um if you if you're gonna if you're gonna actually grapple with the text of scripture and with the and 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 with the and and, and when you when you when you read the text of scripture, you're grappling with the evidence that you so desperately want. You're 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 battling with God there, and so you can't just run away from God. I mean, as Paul said, they prove that they, the Gentiles prove that they know God by the things that they do, but they just, they don't glorify him, that is, they don't worship him as the true God. So, you know, this idea that, again, that you're going to, that you, you can remain in this kind of static state of like, oh, well, I'm just going to do the investigating. Well, what happened to that guy? Who did the investigating another example is john warwick montgomery you know who's a he's a Lutheran theologian, and I mean the guy's a he's a collector of degrees he's a brilliant scholar who you know did a similar kind of thing, and what happened to him? Well, he realized that god is God is his judge and God is his redeemer and savior and and sanctifier, and he came to faith by God's grace. Not because of all the investigation that he did, Um but, but, but rather because through investigating, he, he met God and God called him to repentance. And that's how God works. So, I mean, for people to think that, like, well, I'm gonna prove God's existence or God's non, or, or, or God's non-existence. Um, well, God's gonna meet you in that endeavor. And he's going to call you to repentance, and he's going to teach you that it's either him or it's, or it's condemnation; it's either him or it's nothing. And uh, and this lie that somehow you can treat everything as just a neutral kind of standing ground—you uh, know, some 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 neutral
0: space—it's just nonsense. Well, I'm giving you an example here. This this frustrates me to a, to an extent. I I have a friend, a guy I've known for about 20 years and uh, he claims that he is a Christian. He is also uh, very upfront that he's gay. Mm-hmm. And not too long ago, I was discussing the Bible with him. And he said, you know, I I like the Bible. There's a lot of very good things in it, but there's a lot of bad things in it. Ah, uh, you know, wait a minute. <laughs> there are things in the Bible that you probably don't want to hear, but it's all true. Yeah. How can you possibly say you are a Christian and reject portions of the Bible? That's what I don't understand.
1: Well, yeah, I mean it goes back to that that conversation I had with my with that atheist girl or so-called atheist. And I said, "Do you believe you're going to die?" "Yep." Is there anything you can do about it? Uh is, is is there anything you can do about it? Nope. Okay. Well, there you go. You know, you <laughs> You, you, you can't, you, it, so, so you say that there are bad things in the Bible. Alright, well, what are you gonna do about that? You're just gonna cross them out? You know? You're just gonna say, well, that's not true. Like, well, so you see things that God condemns sinners. Well, what are you gonna do about that? You, you're gonna, you, you're gonna just pretend that it's not true? You're gonna live in your own reality? Or are you gonna face reality? And, you know, and this is just what, what just, it just boggles my mind how, and yet I can understand why they do this, but they, you know, we always do this. When we, when we think that, that when, when we think that we're, we're going to die or we realize our mortality or whatever, we just think about something else. We talk about sports or, or music or something else that keeps our mind occupied that That's just a natural way of going about things you know the corrupt nature says says uh yeah, you know what? uh, I'm just gonna ignore reality, <laughs> and I'm just gonna kind of go and do my own thing and find other things to distract me so i mean your your friend who says oh, I'm a homosexual, but I don't like what the Bible says about it, but I'm still a Christian well, so how are you going to how are you going to face god when you don't believe his word i mean i mean even let's just say that god is a jerk and that he's uh and that and, and that he's unreasonable and that all of these things that he says about homosexuality are wrong well okay fine what are you going to do you know it's like have you ever seen a horror movie um the monster comes against you what are you going to do you know you <laughs> You're pretend In my case, I'll scream like a girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing is, are you going to pretend that he doesn't exist, or or are you going to you know try to face it and 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 try to escape the judgment? Well, of course we can't escape the judgment, and that's why like the only solution at the end is Christ, who died for you, who who felt every temptation that you feel. Yes, even. Even the, the 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 crassest temptations um, that that he didn't have for himself, but but he he bore them. He bore the sin of homosexuality. He bore the sin of murder. He bore the sin of of thinking that 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 another god is going to save him, other than the true God. He didn't have them in himself. He was without sin, but he bore them. He felt them in his own person, and he did it for you, and 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 to. And, and that's the only escape that you have and it is the greatest comfort on earth. And so I, it, it's just so sad when someone says, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe, I don't like this part of scripture. Well, okay, you might not like it, but it still says what it says. So wh- where are you going to find relief and escape and safety from those scary parts of scripture? Christ. In, in, his, in his blood and righteousness for you, his death on the cross for you, in his baptism by which he cleanses you from all sin. But there's this is what's so sad about all this is that they're relying on themselves. And when you rely on yourself, then you're inevitably going to turn the Bible into your own image.
0: And uh, we have to remember that that we are flawed. And, you know, and a lot of people don't think that. A lot of people think, well, I'm just perfect the way I am. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, one of the uh, pastors here was telling me that he was speaking with a, a minister from another denomination. Uh, and this particular minister said, I haven't sinned in 18 years. <laughs> and the Lutheran said to him, well, golly, it's a shame you blew it today with the sin of pride. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I remember uh driving with my dad in the car when I was uh I was a teenager and we heard one of these self-righteous preachers on the radio saying you, you if you if you think that you can't sin, well just try not sinning for like for a day. I personally I haven't sinned in the last 3 days. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, so you're you know that you're going to sin and i mean you you clearly know that you're going to sin because you you gave yourself kind of this like a 3 day limit so isn't that a sin to know that you're going to sin i mean it's, <laughs> so uh, but yeah no that's right and i'm glad you brought that up because the our teaching the scriptures teaching about sin demolishes this idea of secularism this idea of neutrality, because what we teach is that our sin, our sinful desires, our sinful condition is constantly rebelling against God, which means that we need the constant righteousness of Christ, the constant uh, intercession from the Holy Spirit. And, and we can't—so if you're going to deal with sin as just a bunch of individual vices, Well, then you're going to think, like, oh, well, I'll just avoid that vice, and that vice isn't really a vice, it's not that bad, and and that one, well, yeah, I only did that once, you know. And so you kind of go through this laundry list. But if you understand that sin proceeds from the heart, and the heart, as Jeremiah says, is deceitful above all things, and who can know it? Well, then you're going to realize, wow, it's not just this or that pet sin that I need either redemption from or justification to to say that it's not really a sin. No, I need the righteousness of Christ to cover me at all times as you and I both know. You know, even when you're sleeping. You know, have you ever had a bad dream or a dream where you do something sinful? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even those things. I mean, imagine you wake up and you're you're so thankful that you didn't do that thing. Um And and to think that the Holy Spirit is interceding for you with groaning too deep for words, even while you're sleeping, that the righteousness of Christ is covering you, and God is not counting those sins against you, even when you're sleeping. That is such wonderful comfort, and that is the true religion. That's not a neutral, natural, rationalistic religion. That is the true religion of the Father revealed through His Son, Jesus Christ, and delivered to you through the Holy Spirit which you cannot get through your own investigation. And then if you try to investigate, then you're going to end up on the wrong side. You're never going to be neutral. You're going to be against God. But instead, to, 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 to rely on that truth that, that your sins are always forgiven, and that's the comfort of your baptism, right? That you're, you're, that you're covered with Christ. I just can't think of a greater comfort than that.
0: Well, I think, you know, this is one of the main failings, as I see it, of the Catholic Church, uh, is their uh, the concept of confession, where you yeah. can go and confess all of your sins. Well, you don't know all of your sins. There are too darn many of them. Uh, when we have our, our absolution, our, our confession and absolution, I, we, we'll stand mute there for a... Uh, for a while, just meditating on the myriad sins that we have done. We can't even enumerate them. I know I can't. Uh, When I go to the communion rail and I receive the body and blood of Christ, I'm no, in my heart of hearts, I will have sinned again before I get back to the pew.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and, you know, like our confessions say that we do not require the enumeration of all sins because, as the psalmist says, you know, uh you know if 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 you would count iniquities oh lord who could stand you know who can know his faults and uh and that that's so important because like you said you know we can't know our sins we can't number all of them and this idea that we can assumes that somehow we can make up for all our sins and that's what's so depressing about this idea of the roman catholic understanding of confession confession should be a comfort for you to the reason why you confess the sin like like, let's say you know you're married right i'm married let's say you have let's say you you lust after someone you're lusting after another woman and you go to your pastor and you say you know pastor i'm 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 struggling with this sin and i'm and 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 i know it's wrong and i'm lusting after this other woman no the reason why you're confessing that to him is not because you're somehow trying to make up for it by your own merits, or by your own act of repentance, but simply because you want to get it off your chest, and you want to hear from this man of God who stands in the stead of Christ and by the command of Christ to forgive you all your sins, and and, 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 and to simply have that assurance. So the reason why we confess our sins isn't because we think that by confessing every individual sin, we're going to somehow make our way into heaven, but rather because we know the truth, we know that God forgives us our sins, and we know that we are sinful in every way, and when these sins arise in our conscience, and these sins arise in our lives, that we confess them because we know that God is good and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, it's not to to try to earn something. it's not as though we're some blank slate. You know, going back to the secularism thing, we're a blank slate, and then you have all these sins that make you defiled, and then you have to kind of take care of every little sin in order to make yourself a blank slate again. No. You are born and conceived in sin, altogether corrupt, and you need God to cleanse you from sin. And every time a sin, a particular sin, rises up, you confess it so that your conscience can rest at ease that Christ has covered you
0: well i think in in my own personal experience when i've when i have gone for individual pastoral counseling it's usually been when there's been a crisis in my life and i want to try to understand the spiritual reason for it and how i should respond to it as as a christian and yeah we all have that that horrible feeling of despair sometimes i often think if if we have to rank sin that's got to be one of the worst ones is despair yeah yeah and uh that's part of what i think uh lutheran confession if you will uh is about where there we understand you know from a day-to-day basis that uh repentance is there that we are sorry for what we are doing but occasionally something happens where you just can't quite get over that hump that's right and that's when you need guidance you know that's where i will go you know you guys know more a lot about the uh, about scripture than i ever will and that's why i would go to a pastor and say what do i do
1: yeah well you know that may be true, Kip, but what you just said there is exactly, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's exactly the point. You go to confession, or you go to your pastor, because you just want to know, you want some counsel. You want you want to hear the assurance that this particular sin that's bothering me is, is not counted against me. You know, it's a, God tells me that my sins are forgiven, and yet there's this one sin that I just am, I feel... Guilty about, and it's bothering my conscience, and so I take it to my pastor, not so that he can tell me how to how to make up for it, but so that he can assure me that this sin is not coming against me, and that God actually gives me His Holy Spirit in order to fight against it, and overcome it, and 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 stand at the end of the the at the at the last day. Of blameless in the sight of God covered by the righteousness of Christ which uh, which he clothed me in his in, in my baptism. So I think that, you know, you 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 got your you got your uh you got some good pastoral care there, I can tell. Oh yeah. Thank God for that. <laughs> you
0: know, amen. Amen. That was largely what uh, I I mentioned before, I there's a point in my life when I fell away from the church and uh, this pastoral counseling is largely what got me back into it, was I realized I couldn't find the answers to my problems in myself. There there, was, there were answers that I just had to seek them, but I wasn't going to find them in myself. I needed to to acknowledge that God is going to be guiding me. Yeah,
1: yeah I know. And, and, you know, it's funny because it, that sounds so simple, and yet, Oh no way. It, it's not simple. It's very difficult because our simple flesh is always denying it. And and so it's like all right, those who believe in their baptized will be saved. And so many people say, Oh yeah, simple, okay. Just do those two things. All right. Like, all right, well now try to do that just for even a day in the Christian life. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah, that's right. You can't do it. And that's why that's why it's so important that we understand the that the, the 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 nature of man is not neutral, it's corrupted by sin, and it is in constant need of the forgiveness of sins and constant need of the nurture of the Holy Spirit to guide us to the truth and so i and I going back to you know your friends who says well i'm I'm gay, but I'm a Christian, and I don't like these certain parts of scripture, I think that's an important point to 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 make to him, is that, hey, you you can't control your own destiny. You can't control how righteous you are. If you try to control that, then you're going to end up taking away from or adding to God's Word. Instead, rely on God's Word, and if God calls you guilty, then admit it, and and, and then listen to him when he calls you righteous. Because he calls you righteous not for your sake, but for his son's sake, and who died for your sake and rose again for your sake, and that's it's such a freeing uh, message to know, and 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 it allows us then to 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 make use of the good gifts of God, going full circle to the to study science and you know biology or geology or history or whatever it is, and know that these are gifts from God. Who justifies you who forgives you your sins who keeps you in the faith and that is a motivation to live your life live your life knowing that you're going to be weak and and sinful and yet forgiven and strengthened by the Holy Spirit and take joy in the, in the good gifts
0: of God. Pastor Preuss I think that is the message for today and I want to thank you so much for joining me again on the program as usual you provide a lot of insight. Audience, you've been listening to Let's Talk, The Pastor Is In. Join us again next Friday, and we'll have another little front porch talk. You've been listening to The Pastor Is In.